You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Jenny Williamson. And I'm Jen McMenemy. And we're from Ancient History Fangirl. So you're about to tune into Queen's podcast, and we're here to just give you a heads up. These two swear. Like a lot. Like a whole lot? So if that's not your thing, this may not be the podcast for you. But if it is your thing, you're in the right place. And if you like your history tipsy and interspersed with F-bombs, you might like us too. Check out Ancient History Fangirl wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queens, the podcast about badass women in history. Boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka. First episode of 2018. I feel like it's been it's been a really long time since we've recorded. Yeah, it has because someone was in Europe. Oh yeah, yeah. Just in my gallivanting around Europe. Sorry, I just I was just spending New Year's in Barcelona. It was so cool. This has nothing to do with our subject, but I just want to tell everybody about New Year's Eve in Barcelona. It's so cool. A friend of mine from college lives there now with his husband, a beautiful Spaniard named David. So at midnight, you get right after midnight, you take 12 grapes and like this clock strikes, you know, dong, 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 the first 12 seconds after midnight. And each time, each dong, you put a grape in your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) You don't put a dong in your mouth. You put a grape in your mouth. Ah, damn it. You try, you have to eat. 12 grapes in 12 seconds. And it's supposed to be, if you don't do it, it's like bad luck or whatever. Well, I guess I'm going to have bad luck because I could only get eight. Like, and I felt like I was going to choke after that. But <laughs> Choke I, on the dong? No, the grapes. The sorry. grapes. The <laughs> grapes. Come on. Keep it professional, Nathan. I only got eight, but my husband and my friend Peter and his husband both got all 12. Anyway, yeah. That's why we have been on a long break for Christmas and New Year's. So we're going to get right back at it. And who are we talking about today? Alexandra Fyodorovna. Yes, and she was the uh, last Tsarina of Russia. 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 Can you do a Russian accent? No, I can't. I can't either. I just always want to go vodka for breakfast. Have you ever watched... That's Russian. Yeah. Have you ever watched that show, Glow? No, I haven't. It's on Netflix Mm -hmm. about ladies wrestling. Mm Mm-mm. It's, there's just this one stupid thing where Alison Brie is drunk and she's trying to like be like a Russian character and she goes, vodka for breakfast. <laughs> oh, so that's not what I think about. So what are we drinking today? I made a Rasputin. Yeah. And because uh, more on that later, but she was totally drinking the Kool-Aid. Drinking the Rasputin totally, Kool-Aid? Yeah, the Rasputin Kool-Aid was all hers. So tell us what's in this Rasputin so Kool-Aid. So this one is uh, raspberry vodka. I think that's where they got the Rasputin. Ah, 
Yeah. Uh, raspberry vodka with cranberry and <clears throat> grapefruit juice. So, BT Doves, me and Katie both don't like grapefruit juice. And well, okay. So now, when I first took a sip of this, so we pre-gamed a little bit and just like chat chatted. We haven't seen each other in a while, so we were catching up and talking about ghosts. And when I first took a sip, I was like, oh. But now that I'm almost done with my first glass. It's much better. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. It's 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 a little sweet. Yeah. But grapefruit juice is a little dry. I just don't really yeah. Know really. It. But um, anyway, so Alex was born on June 6, eighteen seventy two, and she was given the name Alex Victoria Louise Beatrix of Hesse and by the Rhine. So let's just stick with Alex. God, please. I think let's do we're that. just gonna. <laughs> um, her mother was Alice, a daughter of Queen Victoria of England. Uh, maybe you've heard of her. And her <laughs> father was Louis the Grand Duke of Hesse and by the Rhine. So Hesse was like a duchy at this time, and it was what's part of Germany. Yeah, it's like basically where Frankfurt is right now. Yeah. And so she was the <clears throat> sixth of seven children. Her mother took kind of like an unconventional approach to motherhood for the time. And by that I mean she like actually acted like their mother, like, didn't just have them raised by nannies and Yeah, shit. and her mother actually wrote to Queen Victoria about her and said she's a sweet, merry little person, always laughing, and a dimple in one cheek. Mm. She actually breastfed her kids, which um, royal women did not do. Yeah, it's, uh, it was Queen uncommon. Victoria hated it. Queen uh, Victoria said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna name one of the cows in the field after you. Oh, like, because of the milk cows. <laughs> oh, my God. That's awful. <laughs> I know. But her family actually called Alex uh, Sunshine. Or Sunny or whatever, because she was such a cheery little kid and, like, so happy all the time. Spoiler alert, that does not last for long. <laughs> <clears throat> her name was Alex. It was kind of like a Germanized version of her mom's name, yeah, Alice. Alice. Yeah, I read somewhere that uh, Alice was like, they murder the name Alice here. So I just called her Alex. Uh, Which was, no. was, was sweet. Her mother was, like, a super compassionate person. Yeah, she was involved in, like, helping the poor and the sick. And she was a really, like, great person. Yeah, a really good role model for little Alex, for and, I sure. Mean, her, her childhood up at the beginning was, was very happy. Yeah. Um. So with her education, you know, not as much is talked about about her education as some of the other queens that... We discussed who had like mm-hmm. stellar education, which, which is weird because yeah. we're we're in the you know eighteen late eighteen hundreds. Yeah, I'm not sure why it's not as documented. Maybe they just didn't consider it quite as important because she was the sixth child of a duke. And uh, she's a of, woman. Yeah, that um, her family was super Lutheran, so she did get a lot. A lot of her schooling did revolve around teachings of the Lutheran Church. Um, her mother did make sure that she was really involved in her children's education and made sure that they were really good with music and languages. Yeah, that's where I kind of like connected with her because she was like music, piano. <clears throat> like, yeah, that's that's kind of like how my family is. So it's like. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> she um she learned German, obviously, and she learned English. Uh, I think English was, like, her preferred language. That's how much her grandmother was involved in, like, her childhood and everything. She really, really strongly believed in the divine rights of kings, uh, which means that she believed, okay, you are king, you're queen. You're because, chosen by God. Because God wants you to yeah. be. 
it, you know, maybe that's why people ended up having so many revolutions around this time. But spoiler alert: more on that <laughs> later. When she's five years old, uh, tragedy strikes. Her little brother um, falls out of a window. Sounds like Game of Thrones. I know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, her brother's name was Frederick, and he dies of internal bleeding because he had. Hemophilia. Uh, hemophilia. What is hemophilia? Well, it's a disease where your blood does not clot. So, like, any bump could cause internal bleeding. And, and you any, just bleed out. And any cut could just, like, a, just a paper cut could, like, be a severe injury to you. So, what I read a lot from was Queen Victoria allegedly had this, like, weird genetic mutation. Well, it's caused from... Im- it's caused from, from, from thousands and thousands of years of inbreeding. Or at least, you know, at least 1,000 years of inbreeding. And so she just happened to get this inbred gene that yeah. caused hemophilia, and she passed it on to a bunch of the well, her, cousins. And... So her, at least three of her daughters were carriers. And one of mm-hmm. them was, because um, the hemophilia is um, carried by the females, but it doesn't, it doesn't actually, like women. Show in yeah, the females. Didn't suffer it. It only like manifests in boys. Yes. So it became known as like the royal disease because all these royal kids, all these princes are popping up with hemophilia. Yeah, and so obviously royal disease because they're all inbred. Yeah, um. <laughs> I mean, everybody's marrying their fucking cousins. And she like marries off all of her children who then spread hemophilia to Germany, Russia, Spain. Like she... <laughs> it's, it's bad news bears. <laughs> yeah. It's really what it is. Tragedy strikes part de when um, baby Alex was six years old she, her mom, her brother and sisters all contracted diphtheria. So diphtheria is like this really horrible strain of uh, bacteria that causes like your throat to like. Is, is that what you die of? No, no, it was dysentery on the Oregon Trail. <laughs> <laughs> you have died of dysentery. No, it's diphtheria. Dip- so theria. I, I like, uh, I'm one of those people that likes to look at the photos of, like, Ew. people that have diphtheria. Ew. So I can get an idea of, like, how they fucking die. Well, I'm glad you and, did, And, like, their, stomach, their stomachs, like, bloat. Gross. And so it's just, like, this bacteria that gets a hold of you. And it was really sad because the kids all got sick and... Everyone urged Alice to just let the nurses, let the nurses and doctors And she take was care like, no, I need to take care of my own children. And, and she like, wouldn't listen. And Alex rem- recalls, like, waking up in the middle of the night while she was sick and calling for her mother. And, like, no matter what time of day it was, what time in the middle of the night it was, her mom would come to take care of her. And I remember reading something where they documented that she was, like, she kissed her children. And that's how she caught it. And that's how she caught it. And that's how she got sick. And so... Maria, um, which was Alex's sister, and um, Alice herself died from, not dysentery, from diphtheria. So, interesting note, her mom died on the anniversary of her dad's death, her dad's death. I know, that's so sad. Oh my gosh, like, whammy, And she had been like, she had been like, daddy's girl, for sure. So, like, Alice's, like, last words were like, papa. Dear Papa. Aww. And I'm sure that was a major blow to Queen Victoria because Queen Victoria was in 
mourning for her husband for the rest of her life. And then her and daughter so, died. Her daughter to die, like, on the same day. I think of uh, Steel Magnolias whenever she goes to that monologue about Shelby dying. Man, man, I can run to Florida and back. My daughter. This is the second time in this podcast where we have referenced that part of Steel Magnolias. There was another episode where we did it. Really love Steel Magnolias. (laughs) The first way to my heart is ice cream and Steel Magnolias. Oh my goodness. So, anyway, life after mama. Their father, he really did try to be like a mom, mother, dad. and father, but it just didn't come. I mean, he loved his children and he doted on his children, but it just didn't come as naturally to him. I think it's because he spoiled them too much. Like, uh, yeah. I think he like he tried to a, he tried this, to make up for like I'm sorry, you lost your mother. Would you like seven ponies? Let me get yeah. you seven ponies. Yeah. You know, like, I, and I understand like he's traumatized as well, so he doesn't want to deal with it either. Yeah, because he did love his wife. They had they. I think it was arranged marriage. But it was a loving one, you know. Yeah. Not all arranged marriages are sad and depressing. Theirs was pretty happy, I think. And but regardless of what anyone did, Alex was depressed, yeah, desperately depressed, mm-hmm. and she just could not take it. And and later that year, she like suffered an injury. Like um, her and her sisters were running, and she ran like right through a glass plate. And so her legs were jacked up for the rest of her life. And it took her a really long time to recover. And when she was, like, in her bed, she would, like, call for her mom whenever her legs hurt. But her mom's dead. Somehow this makes me think of, like, our Catherine of Aragon episode when, when Henry has, like, that leg accident in the the tournament. And then yeah. it, like, messes them up for the rest, the rest of, their of their life. life. Yeah. But, I mean, for her, it's like she just can't stand. She doesn't She's, go crazy. She couldn't like stand for, like, a, yeah, she didn't have, like, festering <laughs> wounds. But yeah, she couldn't stand for a long period of time. For the she rest was, of her life, she her was legs were jacked bedridden up. for yeah. weeks. For yeah. weeks. And that is the fucking saddest thing ever. I know. <laughs> uh, so let's kind of talk about, like, her personality is very shy. Yeah. Like, painfully shy, which comes off as snobby. A lot of times in the yeah. rest of her life. So Grandma Queen V would make her play the piano in front of all the guests. I love that. And I love she, it. Well, because um, Alex was a very talented player. Like, she mm-hmm. was um, a really great pianist. And so... It sounded like you said penis. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I know you too it. well. Couldn't have it. No, she was really talented. And so Queen Vicky would want to, like, show that off to everybody. To, like, Alex's, like embarrassment she was yeah like, oh and so for God. a shy person with anxiety getting out in front of people and yeah. forcing you to play isn't necessarily something that she would like to do <laughs> so even though we don't know like a whole whole lot about her education i did read that she was an excellent student and like her she, tutors loved her and she loved like i think she was only an excellent student because she loved getting praise from her tutors yeah, about her being such yeah. a good student and she was a little more than haughty like, she was like, yeah we'll be like like I said about the um, Divine Rights of Kings thing, she had it in her head like, oh, I am better than everybody because I was born into a royal family because me, God picked me to be here. It makes me like, whenever I was researching Alex, I really was thinking like, if you were to mix Catherine of Aragon with Marie Antoinette, like this really religious, super yeah, religious person, but with that. somebody who's like, Oh, I'm fancy. Well, the comic. Oh no, Catherine of Aragon cared about. But the what I'm saying is, Marie too. Antoinette didn't. Mix I could see with that. 
Okay. Write in. Tell us what you think. <laughs> Tell us who you think. <laughs> well, let's actually get through the episode first. Queen Victoria wants Alex to eventually become Queen of England. So Victoria really wanted Alex to marry the heir to the throne of England, her first cousin, Albert. And that would have been more hemophilia. Albert um. was, and Albert was um, not a bad looking guy. No. And, and I think that shows how much Vicky, like, adored Alex that she wanted her to come live in England. So I read read that at that time, they actually started to get suspicions about inbreeding. Vicky could not believe that Alex wasn't interested. And she thought, oh, she's just being coy, playing hard to get, being humble. But really... Alex had her eyes on... (laughs) This hottie named Nicholas II. I think Nicholas is very handsome. Ooh, child. He's got the hipster beard. He does, he does, he's got a very hipster beard. With a really pretty blue eyes. So. And now. Uh, mm, mm. Picture it. St. <laughs> Petersburg, 1884. Alex first meets Nicholas when her sister Elizabeth goes over to Russia to marry Nikki's uncle Sergey, they were smitten. I mean, they were. She was twelve, so she was smitten in the way that, it, the, in the way that I was smitten with Taylor Hansen when I was twelve. Puppy love, puppy <laughs> yeah. love. Basically, a ten-year-long distance relationship took place during that time. Yeah, like they basically became pen pals for a decade. They made uh, it very clear to their families that they only had eyes for one another. Though Nikki. Did have a mistress, a Russian ballerina named Matilda. And uh, y'all, she, she was gorgeous. Beautiful. I don't even know how to say her last name, so I'm not going to try. So just if you want to see pictures, Google, sorry, Nicholas, mistress. Because he didn't have any after he married her. So I think that was, was his only mistress. Was this the one that like, her, his dad set him up? His with? dad. Yeah, his dad was like, well, his dad knew <laughs> that he was in love with Alex, and his dad did not want him marrying a German princess. His dad wanted him marrying a Russian... No, his dad wanted him marrying a French princess. Oh. Because um, Hess by the Rhine compared to France. And also... That's uh, interesting. Russia and Germany had been at war previously, and yeah. so there were still a lot they of people... They didn't like each yeah, other. They didn't like each other, and uh, he was like, they're not going to accept a German... You know, the public's not going to accept a German princess. And also Russia... This is, It's interesting, um, at the Russian court at this time, people spoke French. Yeah, it was so, all French. So, yeah, that they considered that the classiest language. So. Parlez-vous français? <laughs> Drummo, please. She comes out when she's 16. And <laughs> in so 1888. Ha- in 1888, she has her coming out. And no, that's n- it doesn't mean the same thing then. Surprise, she's a lesbian. And she lived happily ever she after. She never married a king and she lived happily ever after. Sadly, no. I wish she would have just been a lesbian <laughs> and not married anybody. Her life would have been better. Right. But no, what that meant coming out into society basically means you're of marriageable age and you start going to balls and you start accepting, you know, getting proposals and stuff like that. Oh, so Nikki proposed and they got married right away? No. Um, uh, her cousin Albert, heir to England, did propose because I'm sure Grandma Vicky was like, do it. Do it, do it now. <laughs> and she said no, which was a I know. scandal. I know. It was a scandal. I remember reading it and it was like, oh my gosh, she but said, Queen Victoria told you to do it. Yeah, <laughs> and she was like, mm, pass. And I mean, honestly, Albert wasn't 
that bad looking either. He, he was handsome. He's no Nicholas II, though. Yeah, he did. He ended up. <laughs> he, um, he ended up dying early, and so his brother George ended up becoming the king anyway, which is very interesting. Google George the Fifth of England and Tsar Nicholas the Second of Russia. There's pictures of them standing side by side because they're also first cousins, but on the other side of the family, they look exactly alike. Like it, they. Exactly alike. <laughs> anyway. Ooh, ooh, I couldn't handle that. <laughs> so let's talk about Nikki real quick. Yeah, a little hot minute. So They're called the, um, when you're the heir to the throne in Russia, you're the Tsarevich. So a little brief history about, I mean, Russia is there's, uh, you have... A family, the Romanovs, mm-hmm. and they, the dad, Alexander the Third, is like super pro Russia, yeah. the monarchy, and you have before him his grandpa was very. Was, like, wasn't his grandpa the one that freed the serfs? His grandpa freed the serfs and tried to be westernized. And try to be like mm-hmm. to to try to include the serfs and try to be which more happened liberal. first? I I really don't know. I don't have this in the notes or anything. Which happened first, the freeing of the serfs or into slavery in America? I think into slavery in America. No, yeah, into slavery in America because eighteen. It was like eighteen. Well, wait, or maybe, maybe it was about the same time. But anyway, huh. these serfs had been. I haven't looked that these up. These serfs. I, I just thought of it. These serfs have been like in indentured service since like uh, I mean, we the beginning about, of time we talked about it in elizabeth bathory yeah like, like we talked about this in the 12th century so there's there's um <laughs> russian peasants who remember you know hey my grandpa was a serf like that's how recently they had been freed or whatever yeah and so alexander the third Nikki's dad, whatever. Nikki's dad. Nikki's dad was kind of um he was nowhere near as liberal and lovey-dovey but he was very he was a Strict ruler. He was a commanding force to be reckoned with. And the reason why is because Alexander II, uh, Nikki's grandfather, ended up getting like blown up by a bomb. Yeah, he was in assassinated. Yeah, like he got got blown up. Yeah, and they brought him home. And so obviously, that's his granddad. So his dad went the exact opposite route that his father. And did. he was like, and he tried to I mean, bring he, serfdom back. He didn't. And try, though, uh, he like, didn't, yeah. but he tried to. He was like, a lot more of a hard ass. He was a hard ass. And, he was more conservative. Um, I mean, I do think whenever you're the king of like such a huge country, you do kind of have to be a hard ass. Whereas Nikki, Nikki was sweet. Nikki was soft hearted. Nikki yeah. wrote in his journal about how much he loved his mother. And that's not really Nikki... what you would think about the Tsar of Russia. I know. <laughs> and you know what? But that's going to make a great husband. But yeah, maybe not a great ruler of such like empire as Russia. You know, and I'm going to I'm going to reiterate it. He's fine as hell. Girl. He's he's very good looking. Ooh. And so like their families was... were not into it like at all. We've already touched on that a little bit. Victoria says, "Why would you want to go to Russia? It's cold. It's unstable. The people there hate their rulers." And she didn't like Alexander either. Yeah, like, she uh, she's from Western Europe, so she likes that more modernized. Yeah, and she and... didn't like Alexander. They didn't want the German-Russian thing, yeah. and that really pissed him off. In 1889, Alex goes over there to spend six weeks to, like, spend a season or whatever with her sister Elizabeth, 
And her sister Elizabeth was hardcore pushing for this match. She wanted her sister with her, you know? She wanted yeah. her sister to come over. Yeah. Nikki falls so deeply in love with her. It's so adorable reading about, I like, know. how they were just, like, He writes, um, my dream is someday to marry Alex H. I have loved her a long while and still deeper and stronger since 1889 when she spent six weeks in St. Petersburg. Oh, my heart little did a little pitter patter. But she made a horrible impression <laughs> with the Russian people. At the Capitol, she was, quote unquote, badly dressed, clumsy, an awkward dancer, an atrocious French accent, a schoolgirl blush, too shy, too nervous. Too arrogant. Wah, wah. Ooh, wah. not great. <laughs> so um, she goes home after that, and shortly after, sadly, her dad dies. And she was heartbroken. I mean, she's so little, and everybody's dying on her. Like, she doesn't well, she have was, a mom. She was 20 at this point. But, I mean, her mom died when she was young, her brother, her sister, and then she's 20, and then her dad dies. I know. Like, so death. she has to focus. Her older brother, who I think is only older, older than her by, like, two or three years, now has to become the Grand Duke. So she has to focus on... She's basically playing queen mm-hmm. to him as the king, because she hosts all his dinners, and, like, just getting him ready to get on his feet on his own. So she marriage is out of her mind right now. She's focusing on home, making it, sure her brother gets off to a good start. And she was playing the role of wife. Yeah. I mean, receiving guests, banquets, and parties. Yeah. Galas, or is it galas? Oh, I say gala. Some people do say gala, though. I, I don't know. know. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. I don't know. Cheerio. Yeah, I'm sure you'll tell us in the comment section how much we suck at before you pronounce it wrong. So. <laughs> is it gala or is it gala? Whatever. <laughs> so years pass, and Nikki is like, okay, I really need to propose to her. Like, And the families are like, the families are finally like, fine. You're like, you. this is the first thing you've ever actually fought for in your life. Because he's such a <laughs> passive little pansy. I'm sorry, he is. <laughs> and his parents are just like, whatever, whatever. And so he went on this journey around the world and still came home yeah. saying, I love Alex. She's so totally the boss. Okay, yeah. leave out the totally. And she still, he still has his mistress, but he's like, I'm going to put her aside. I'm not even... He didn't love her. Like, and, he loved and Alex. And Queen V... Uh, that's Queen Victoria. Queen, Queen Vicky? Queen V was... Over and she noted, no two people were ever more devoted than she or he are, and this is one consolation I have. For otherwise, the dangers and responsibilities fill me with anxiety. Oh, which is kind of a scary thing. Like, yeah, I can like imagine she's... if I got engaged and my grandma was like, mm, "The dangers fill me with anxiety." I might be like, "Whoa, what?" She had never seen Alex so determined about some, anything in her life. So she I know, was like, "They were both in love." So, and also that shows, you know, this determination that she shows shows that she's not this sh- like shrieking violet that like everybody exactly is it shrieking? I said shrieking violet. That's not right. Shrinking. shrinking. <laughs> she's not a violet. Just going ah. <laughs> Okay, so it's time to get engaged, girls and gals. So there's a wedding, and it takes place in Germany. And it's Alex's brother the is marrying... The new Grand Duke of Hesse by the Rhine. Aww. She's ma- He's marrying this chick named Victoria, because again, they're not very creative with names. She was the Duke's first cousin, because she was also... 
the granddaughter of Queen Victoria, probably a carrier of hemophilia. And her mother was a Russian princess, so guess who was coming to the wedding? Nikki! Nikki! Oh my god, Nikki, Nikki, Licky, Licky. Oh, oh god. <laughs> so, Nicholas proposes. And Alex he... actually said no at first. <laughs> I know! What the fuck? Now, okay, so remember, she was like a devout Lutheran, and she was gonna have to convert to Russian Orthodox. Which I I didn't like do any research on Russian Russian Orthodox, but I believe it's very similar to Catholicism. Yeah, super strict, super like has saints and like yeah, shit like that. That what she had been taught her whole life were like stupid and, and superstition and blah blah blah. blah. So um, uh, leading him on, man, she's I mean, totally leading him this on. This really annoys me because it's like. Oh, you've been talking to this guy for 10 years. Is this the first time? This can't possibly be the first time you've thought about, hey, I'm going to have to switch religions if I marry him. Duh. So, like that's what you have to do. One of my favorite podcasts that I've mentioned before on this show, The History Chicks, when they talk about this, they suggest that she had every intention of eventually marrying him. She just wanted a little bit of drama. She wanted a little bit of, look at me, look at me. Oh, I'm so distraught about what am I going to do about this? And they had a long conversation on the day that he proposed that went on for like two hours. And she just like wept, being, I can't, I can't do it. The drama of it all. Alex's sister, Elizabeth, who, you know, she wasn't required to convert when she married Nikki's uncle, Sergey. Sergey. Um, but she did voluntarily. And also, I would love to do, like, a short episode on Elizabeth one day. She had a very interesting life, and the Russian people loved her. Because she didn't have to convert, but she did, like, she was like, oh, I'm going to live here. I may as well be the religion of these yeah, people, no, you know. just go through the motions but yeah, so keep that, your own religion. That's what she told Alex. She was like, look, just do it, but keep your own religion in your heart. No one's going to know. No one knows what's in your heart. Whatever. And so Alex says yes Finally. Finally. She held out a long time. they are engaged. They go their separate ways to prep for the marriage. Alex goes actually to England after the engagement, goes to England. After after start learning Russian, start learning about like, because Queen Victoria was like, well, if you're going to have to convert, I want you to do it here. I can hire the best priest or whatever to come teach you. Then... Nikki's dad, Tsar Alex, gets yeah, like Alexander the Third gets really sick. His health like just took this sudden like nosedive. He'd already been slightly sick, and that's why they gave the okay for Nikki to propose because they were like, "She's not our first choice, but I don't want to die and you not have like a queen lined up. Yeah. So go and ahead and marry her." Alex arrives, and the Tsar meets her in full. Reg- Galia. Is it regalia? Like ga- No, it's regalia. <laughs> is, no. it, is it gala? Is it gala? Is it regala? Yeah. Regala, regalia. Yeah. No, so he's like, he's like, doesn't want to accept her into Russia, like on his sickbed. So he basically, he gets all dressed up and meets her at the train station and everything, but like then immediately goes back to his sickbed. And she's only there 10 days before he dies. What a way to be welcomed. Nicholas, Poor Alexandra. Like, welcome to Russia. You're, oh. Oh, oh, daddy's dead. And now he's and now it's time for a funeral. Um <laughs> Nikki was conver- confirmed as Sar that night and he said to his uncles like, I don't want to be Sar. Like I don't what am I supposed to do? Like what's going to happen to Russia?" Which I just wonder <laughs> like had why hadn't people been prepping him from the 
day of his birth. Oh, come on. And then, and then, they scheduled the wedding three weeks later. Only three weeks later. So, so the country's the, still in mourning. And the Russian people, like, saw this as, like... An omen. Yeah, this like is a, a bad, bad omen. omen. And this was, like, a slap in the face to Alexander it's, III to be, like, wedding right after you died. So, like... like or they, you know, they were just like, well, because I guess the whole Russian population didn't necessarily know that he was already sick. So they viewed it as like, this German bitch comes over here and then our czar dies. Like, yeah. it's a bad omen. It's they- a bad omen. So the wedding took place three weeks later, November 26, 1894. Fun fact. It was Nikki's mom's birthday. Yeah. And so the reason they did that is because, um, so the country's in mourning, but on holidays like the um Saritza's birthday the country gets to like lax their morning a little bit and celebrate so that's why they did it that day because it was a day allowed for like some celebration i remember reading somewhere that someone quoted alexandra as saying that she traded her white dress for a black one well she traded her black dress for a white one because she was in a black dress for morning sorry i knew what you i I knew what you meant (laughs) <laughs> I was there. Yeah, she she said I I traded my black dress for a white dress, like her morning dress to her wedding dress. She yeah, she wrote to her sisters that the day felt more like a funeral than a wedding day. This yeah. wedding would was supposed to just forge together Germany, Britain, Russia, everything. You know, no big deal. Like we're just going to forge together the whole Asian European continent. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> they get married and she her official name changes from Alex to Alexandra Fyodorovna because of the church that she was converted to Orthodoxy in. So her sister was also Elizabeth Fyodorovna. Oh. And, uh, yeah, so because that was the church she converted So in. the country was in mourning and there was no reception, no honeymoon, nothing. Yeah, they're, they're otherwise, I think they did have like a small reception, but not like a huge state party, you know. Um, otherwise, there would have been like parades and banquets all week. Um, but sadly, not for them. However, I do want to touch on that Alex's dress was the fucking shit. And the oh my Romanov crown was like nine fucking pounds. Y'all, just, I mean, it's going to be on our cover art for this episode, but just Google her wedding dress. Like, Gorgeous. It's so beautiful. She's got this choker on that I, oh my God, I love so much. I love the jewels. Yeah, that crown weighed nine pounds. It was um, commissioned by Catherine the Great. Dripping in jewels, eleganza. Just, just like her dress must have been so fucking heavy. She wore this veil that was designed by her, you know, her grandfather, Prince Albert. You know, no big deal. And her mother had worn it. All her aunts had worn this veil. It's on actually the wedding very day, beautiful. It's so like sentimental. It's beautiful. Um, yeah, and this really, honestly, it didn't help with her unpopularity with Russian people at well, the that, time. Well, that crown gave her a fucking headache. And so, and her legs, you know, she can't stand for a long time. So at, you know, when they're like receiving people after the wedding that are congratulating them, everyone noted that she looked so pissed off and like didn't look excited or happy. Yeah, I'm sure she was miserable. Her legs hurt. Her head hurt. She was wearing like 50 pounds of jewels and she wasn't, right. she didn't like being the center of attention. And, and the funny thing is, is that the court Coronation didn't take place until like a year and a half later on May yeah. 14th of 1896. I 
I can see. I understand. Like they got married in November, they probably didn't want to do the coronation. Well, they didn't right want to do the coronation after the dad died. Yeah, <laughs> and also they didn't want to do it in the winter because mm. I don't know if you know this about Russia. It's cold. <laughs> it's very cold. Yeah. So the coronation takes place after mornings over. So t- um, about a year and a half later, and the thousands of Russians like show up to the event. This is well, they had um, the beginning so, of the end. So they have banquets. <laughs> In every major city throughout the country. You know, they were going to go on progress and hit, like, all these major cities. And we've talked about it before in previous episodes where when you throw a coronation, you go to the city and you throw a party and it's free Everybody food. gets free shit. It's basically like a party bag. It's like Oprah showing up and be like, you get food and you, you get, get food. and Everybody like- doesn't starve today. <laughs> um, so they were supposed to get... Um, a bread roll, a pretzel, sausage, and a commemorative cup. I, I wish it was monogrammed with their initials on it. It might have been. I don't know what the I'm, commemorative I'm sure cup looks like. Been, I should have uh, looked that up. Bougie bitch. But yeah, and then rumors started to spread that there was going to be a gold coin in the cup. Oh, Lord. You know, and so 500,000 people show up to um, Kudinka. I think I'm saying that right. Kudinka Field. Which is um, like this big field in Moscow, which was going to be the location of the big banquet in so Moscow. So I'm going to say Kodinka to cover our bases. Kodinka? <laughs> I don't know. Kodinka? Kodinka? Wadinka? Right. Dinka field. <laughs> so, um, so it was this, about four days after the coronation yeah, took place. Yeah, and it's a tragedy. So by 6 a.m. that day... 500,000 people had gathered there because they want they want their shit. And, but the a ra- lot of people had stayed up all night. They hadn't even gone to bed. So they just stayed They're up hung- all night. They hungry. And they hangry. also had been staying up <laughs> drinking all night. Oh. Yeah. So they were extra hangry. And belligerent. And the and Russian so- crowds just got super pissed because they're belligerent and started just like trampling. Like I guess somebody whispered in the crowd like, oh, the pretzels are ready. And so everybody, <laughs> yeah, starts running and rushing. And 1,389 people were trampled to death. That is my... Like, when I was reading about how they died, like, suffocating in ditches or whatever, that is, like, my worst nightmare way to die. Like, because I'm claustrophobic. You have claustrophobic yeah, issues claustrophobic also. Too. Could you imagine <laughs> just being, tra- like, like under a bunch Trapped. of bodies in Trapped. a ditch and can't get out and that's how you die? <clears throat> exactly. Exactly. That's exactly really? how I feel. And so there were... And 1,300 uh, other people were injured. <coughs> so there were like 1,800 police on standby. But for a crowd of 500,000 people, what does that do? That's a nothing, drop in the bucket, you know? Nothing. Like, you're, you're screwed. Again, many people saw this as a bad omen. Yeah, like, like this, this German woman came over, and then the king dies, and then these people all die, and... Yeah, it was it was not good for them. And then Nicholas got his uh, nickname Bloody Nicholas for the rest of his life. Yeah, maybe him and Bloody Mary should meet get up together in the afterlife. There and needs be to be a Bloody Nicholas cocktail. Bloody together. Bloody. What would be in a Bloody Nicholas? Maybe. Well, there's already vodka in a Bloody Mary, right? Yeah. I don't know. What's up? We'll take this offline. We'll discuss it later. <laughs> So there was a ball that night to be hosted by the French ambassador. And Alex and Nikki were like, we can't go to this. But Nikki's family, who was, you know, actually really running the show. And as we mentioned, Nicholas isn't the most commanding type of guy. They were like, you have to go to this ball. You can't 
snub the French ambassador. Which yeah. I'm like, why hasn't the French ambassador already canceled his party anyway? Right. There's a, it would be Dad like... Dad died. People were trampled. It like, would have been like if after Hurricane Katrina, Bush had been like... Party! Whatever. <laughs> having a party. Have fun. Bad right. move, bro. Bad but move. In, so they went to this party. Alex was fucked either way. The common yeah. people said that she was a bad omen and that she caused this trampling. But if she would have not gone to this party, the society people would have been like, oh, well, she's so snobby and stuck up anyway. She couldn't be bothered to make it. So she's fucked either way. Yeah. Um, the British ambassador to Russia was at this party and he wrote to um, Queen Vicky, the empress appeared in great distress, her eyes reddened by tears the entire night. Well, at the ball. So sad. I know. This pissed the Russian people off, too. It it seemed like she was being heartless and callous. But they even even went and visited the people in the hospitals and they gave um, a thousand, is it rubles was their money at the time? Um, They gave a thousand rubles to like anybody that lost a family member in the tragedy. But still, I mean,. There was nothing they could have done. Yeah, it just seems like at this point that there's nothing that you could do. Make win it better. Over the Russians. They're going to hate her. Like, there's gonna... no matter what you do, they're going to hate her no matter what. Because she could pull rainbows and sunshine out of her ass and make it always nice in Russia, and people are still going to be like, "Yeah, but why didn't she pull Skittles out her ass Again, too? I like Skittles, you know, like." like- it seems like her marriage to Nicholas got off to a rocky start, but their relationship was tight. They were so fucking in love with each no, other. No, they were. Everything that I read They was were like kind of oblivious he- to everything else. Head over else. heels, like, I think, puppy love. He still. didn't have any mistresses. She was the most devoted wife. I know, yeah. I know now when you're like, he didn't have any mistresses. It's like, okay, good. But back then, <laughs> you know. They had and, tons. Yeah, and the fact that, no, they married for love and they were committed to each other. And to add to this, Alex had four daughters from... Uh, 1895 to 1901, so in, like, six years, four daughters. Bam, 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 bam. And and the thing is, is this is what makes me think of Catherine of Aragon again, is that no sons. Yeah. No, no. Well, even though Catherine of Aragon had a son on the first try, he just died after Yeah, but no surviving, like, male heirs. And so everybody's like, ah, this German bitch comes here, kills our czar, tramples all our people, and can't can't even even give us a a baby boy. Whatever. But... Let's talk about the four girls that were born because everybody knows them. They're Al- from Alex loved her daughter and Nicholas was oh I bet he was such a good dad. Everything I read was just like he l- obsessed over his daughters. He like spoiled the shit out of them. Like he I could just imagine him being like just the sweetest dad. You know what I mean? So Olga came first. She was born a year after the wedding in 1895. Olga was a fucking adorable kid. Go to her Facebook page, Olga Romanoff. Not her Facebook page? Wikipedia page. (laughs) She does not have a Facebook. (laughs) Let me drink some more of this Rasputin. (laughs) You drinking the juice. (laughs) Um, No, her her Wikipedia page, they show like pictures of her from when she's a toddler. She is the prettiest little baby. And she was the shy one. Yeah. And she um, was the meek one. Alex actually said, because she didn't realize she was going to have nothing but daughters after this, like after uh, Olga was born, she was like, I'm actually happy it's a girl because this is, we don't have to share this baby with Russia. 
Because if it had been a boy, you know, it would have been property of the state. But they're like, she, so she was happy their first one was a girl because huh. they got to be a cute little family for a so, while. So Tatiana was next, born mm-hmm. in 1897. She was the one that said, like, she was the spitting image of her mother. Yeah. Like, she was the one that looked just like her. She was she was the most serious of them, which is, a lo- you know... Like, Alex was a very serious figure. And later in life, she was, like, the Paris Hilton of the family. Like, the one that was, like, the public figure. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah exactly. I like that. The represent- Paris Hilton of the family. <laughs> Maria was born in 1899. Maria was, quote-unquote, the pretty one. What a It was very romantic. <laughs> like, she was obsessed with romance novels and poetry. And Alex was like, okay, this is the one that's going to be, like, a good wife or whatever. You yeah. know, someone to marry off into, a, like, a powerful family. And then the one that everybody knows about, Anastasia. Was born in 1901. So I do have a confession to make. I have never seen Anastasia before. The the, the cartoon? Never okay, seen it before so I we did this. I loved it when I was a kid. I don't I don't know how many times I saw it when I was a kid. And um because of that movie, I thought that Anastasia, that the Romanoffs died in a fire until <laughs> 2014 fake news until 2014 fake i news. thought that they had all died in like a tragic fire have you been reading cnn <laughs> fake news cnn <laughs> says that they died in a fire in, so in you totally have to put in the thing that anastasia i never saw that <laughs> Anyway. Yeah. Never saw it. Nathan never saw it, so he has no idea what I'm talking about. So in case you hadn't gathered from context clues in the cartoon, the Romanoffs all die in a fire. Because <laughs> maybe, you know, shot in the head was not good for children. <laughs> um, so like you were saying. And so in 1902, um, she has a phantom pregnancy, which we've discussed phantom pregnancies, I think only in the um, Catherine, of Catherine of Aragon episode. That's where it's another just like, reason why. You're just I... so stressed about not having a baby that you like your body convinces yourself that you're pregnant yeah it's just like you want it so bad isn't it so crazy that the brain can affect the body like that but finally finally a boy comes and it's 10 i want the world to boy i am the (laughs) sarovich Ten years after their wedding, they finally Y'all, this Katie, vodka Katie, is stop. fun. <laughs> vodka for breakfast. Katie, stop. <laughs> I'm sorry. They this, name him Alexi. <laughs> the, the, Alexi? Couple, the couple was overjoyed that this happened, and everyone in the country was like, whew, sheesh, finally, we finally. have a boy. Finally. And the couple was like through the roof, but when he's. um. About, like, two or three months old, he one day just starts bleeding from his belly button for no reason. And they realize, oh, fuck, he has hemophilia. Hemophilia! So Alex's whole life becomes devoted to making sure that Alexi survives. Oh, God. And here... Here enters our good man, Rasputin. I'm going to pour a glass for this... Girl, top me off. That is a full, like y'all. He filled his glass 
to the brim. Don't fill me to the brim because I will spill it. Um, <laughs> so she so meets this dude that enter has... Enter stage left, Rasputin. He, he the has creepiest this, looking like, motherfucker ever. Right? He has like this, apparently, allegedly, he has like this good Jesus juju like that he just like, yeah. has has a direct connection me to Me and the Jesus. J-Man are tight, 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 tight. And to be honest with you, I think Rasputin was a little bit of a whack job. A bit, <laughs> a little bit. Is that is that what we're gonna say? So, so understatement but, of the year. I know yeah, it's been a short year, right? <laughs> so let's meet Rasputin. He was a um, quote unquote holy man, a mm-hmm. uh, quote unquote healer. Um, this is the time in. Uh, even in, uh, I mean, American all of history. The world. Yeah. Like, everybody was really into mysticism. Like, if you yeah. look at um, Mary Todd Lincoln, which was just like 30 years before this or something, she was really, like, the whole world was really into mysticism. Yeah. And there was this specific sect of uh, the mysticism that was like the Callisti sect. And it was this whole cultish um, faith healing. And I read some stuff where it was like, you indulge in your sins for one moment so that you don't sin anymore. So like a cheat day? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like a cheat and day so for sins. And so that's where the whole, like, orgies and, like, mm. they had all this, like, orgies I, and but drinking. I, I think I've read that like, it's been, like, disputed, though, that he was really into, like, orgies and stuff. That was just, like, the Russian public yeah. hated him so much. And that's the thing. That's like, the thing they spread. Yeah, he, he was a negative connotation to sex, basically. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's so scary looking. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-Off launches April 9th. Hey, y'all. Spooky season is here. And if you're looking for a show to whet your appetite for a little haunted history, then I'd like to invite you to check out Southern Gothic, a chart-topping history podcast that explores some of the most infamous legends, folklore, ghost stories, and hauntings of the American South. We've covered all sorts of stuff from the Bell Witch of Tennessee to the disappearance of the Confederate submarine, the H.L. Hunley not to mention our deep dives into the local lore of some of America's oldest and most haunted cities like New Orleans, Charleston, and St. Augustine. So if you're ready for a little good old-fashioned Halloween storytelling with a commitment to quality historical research, then be sure to check out Southern Gothic today. It's available now on all your favorite podcast apps.
He's creepy. So anyway, <laughs> Alex enlists Rasputin because, um, yeah, like they don't know what to do about this hemophilia and stuff. So Alex enlists Rasputin to pray for her son to make him better because he's this uh, reputable healer that has has done yeah. great things for people. And so she so becomes she- like obsessed with him and his teachings. And she gave him like incredible access to like the running of the government basically. Yeah, I mean he had a first class ticket to Russian Yeah, and so monarchy. like the um the <laughs> ruling class, like the other people in like the monarchy fucking hated him. Because who is this? Who is this farmer who suddenly? And then the the working class hated him because they were like, "Oh shit, this guy is cray." So like I I kept I said this to you like before this like I feel like he's like the Warren Jeffs of Russia. Warren Jeffs is like a cult leader. Oh, is like, he is he that? Wait, is he the he's guy the from one Houston? That- that has oh, like no, the no, big. No, 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 no. I know. That's um, Joel Olstein. Yeah. Okay. I don't um, know who Warren, Warren Jess, is. Jess was the one that had like he had like a bunch of wives, and they were all like <gasps> underage. Oh, that was and... also in Texas, though, wasn't it? Yes. And it was and so, yeah, yeah, Warren. Yeah. And then like they were like that, where all the women dressed like in like colonial clothes or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And he had like a bunch of fourteen-year-old so wives or something. Reminds me of Rasputin. Oh. Is like he's like super religious, cult-like kind of. Okay. Sorta. And so. Alex became obsessed with his teachings. Like, she just, I mean, he prayed for her son and then he got better. Yeah, well, that's the crazy thing is that, yeah, she would, anytime that Alexi got really sick, she'd be like, Rasputin, pray for him. And then Alexi would get better a couple of days later. It was weird. The one thing I did read years ago, I couldn't re-find it in the study. Years ago, I read about, because, you know, um, hemophilia is like, you bleed easily. And aspirin, which was, like, a brand new medicine then, oh. like, um, prevents blood clotting and stuff like that. Um, so, because, like, for instance, my dad has, like, um, had had stents in his legs because his blood clotted too yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, And so they tell him to take aspirin every day. And so the doctors... It it out. Yeah. And so the doctors were giving um, the little boy aspirin for his aches and pains. Oh. And Rasputin was, like, tell... Was like tell the doctors not to give him anything. I and have help. not yeah. heard that, and so I don't know if he knew because, like, I don't think I don't think back then they knew that about aspirin that it was like I was sitting there blood reading. Clotting. I was sitting there reading and being like, "Why did it work?" And now that makes sense yeah. because everything I was reading, they were like, "We don't know how it worked." So let's get back to Alex, and she's just acting. She's just kind of like erratic at this point she would like isolate herself for like days just to pray for alexi she's the beginning of the end of the romanoff family spoiler alert oh it's all this is the whole story is the beginning of the end and there were rumors that alex and rasputin boned and which i don't believe i don't believe at all uh Hot second. Okay, so first of all, she's so haughty, and she thinks, "Oh, God has put me in this place. She's not going to sleep with a farmer." You know, okay, here, like, here's the defense is about to present its case. Step one: <laughs> Alex is hot as fuck, and you mean Nikki? Step, is, no, oh no, you mean Alex? You think Alex is hot? Step as Step two: yeah. Nikki is hot as fuck. <laughs> so why is she going to fuck Rasputin, and who looks you, like who looks like a demon, the homeless guy on the side of the road? Yeah. 
Like he literally he looks like a crackhead. Like I don't want no he's hobo. So... I don't want no hobo. A hobo's nobody get low love from, from me. me. Anyway, <laughs> long story short, she's obsessed with Rasputin, grasping at straws, and that is the straw that she like just clings onto that Rasputin's gonna save her baby boy. And the thing is, is that Nicholas. C- Keeps trying to be like, nah, yeah, maybe, Nic- maybe he doesn't Nicholas, know that much. Nicholas isn't that into it, but it's the only thing making his wife feel peaceful, and he loves her so much. I think he just like went along with it. He didn't necessarily believe in it, but he was like, this makes my wife feel better, so I'm just going to roll with this creepy homeless guy sleeping in the palace, you know? <laughs> While this is all happening, Russia is going to shit. Absolutely. Um, Alex is too wrapped up in her family. (laughs) She's too wrapped up in her family to realize that the country is changing and like the outlook on the imperial family is changing. Um, And Nikki would would ask for her advice a lot of times. And her advice was always, who the fuck cares what the common people think? God has chosen you to be the ruler. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Russia and Japan went to war over this little little bitty piece of Korea that they both said that they had claim on. It's mine. It's mine. We won't go into huge detail, but basically it was um, these two huge eastern powers fighting. Japan whooped their ass. And, (laughs) well, because Nikki entered it thinking, of course we're going to beat Japan. They're this little bitty country. We're this big fucking country. And, yeah, Japan won. And Teddy Roosevelt had to step in. To mediate a peace. Japan was kicking their ass and Nikki stuck out in the war out of pride and nothing else. And guess what happened? This left Russia poor AF. They were poor and um, embarrassed. Like everybody was so embarrassed about I just about lost this. to this little tiny island yeah. over yonder. And so the Russian people start like protesting shit. And this really is the actual beginning of the Russian Revolution, in my opinion. Would you agree? Yes. So, now, we're going to talk about Bloody Sunday. Bloody Sunday! Now, nothing we're about to say, like, in any way, was, like, the fault of Alex or Nicholas. But the people already hated him, so... So, Bad news bears, y'all. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I say it's not their fault. Anyway, let's get into it, and then we'll discuss. So, on um, January 22nd, 1905, a group of peaceful... Unarmed and mostly religious-based, marched on St. Petersburg to present a contract to the Tsar so for, like, better working conditions. There were about 3,000 to 10,000. It's a pretty big gap, but <laughs> yeah. somewhere in between there. There was about 3,000 to 10,000 people marching. There were elderly, women, children. It was, like, it was a real representative of Russia's working class. So they're marching on St. Petersburg, which is the Tsar's home. And they yeah. didn't know that homeboy was going to be home that day. But yeah, no. Him and his family weren't home. It was called the Winter Palace is what they were yeah. marching to. And they weren't home. But the the Tsar's council told him before he like went to leave, like, hey, this march is happening. Like, it wasn't like a surprise march. And Nicholas was like, well, I've already got plans to go over here. And after it, Nicholas' sister actually wrote to him being like, you knew they were coming. You should have stayed. 
And he was like, but I already had plans to go hunting over in Moscow or what, you know, like something yeah, else. Some bro shit. So he could have stayed, but he had no idea what was going to happen. It was not his fault, but very long story short, they were shot at and a um, hundred were killed and hundreds were wounded and riots fucking ensued because these were unarmed peaceful religious people who were just coming to talk to their czar. And it's so sad because while they were marching, they were even saying, like, long live the czar, long live Russia. And also I read that uh, they were saying no war more or uh, no war more food yeah like they're they're just saying stop just, fighting war give us food and let's be uh, peaceful and let's come to and they get shot at yeah and it's it's so sad so and after think, that people were saying like we no longer have a czar i, I feel the like Tsar doesn't care about us think uh the january 2017 women's march Think that, but gone really bad. Like if the women had all been shot at. Yes. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. think that. Mm-hmm. Like, and it just pissed everybody off. So, like, especially uh, some dude named Vladimir Lenin. I heard of him much? Uh, no. So huge, huge sweeping summary of the revolution building up to World War One. Lots of workers on strike and protesting. Lots of mad hate for the imperial family. Yeah. Lots of uh, Nikki going out hunting and feeling sad and depressed on helpless. Lots of Alex praying and stressing and rasputining. <laughs> it's a verb. <laughs> Drink the juice, Shelby. <laughs> uh, Nikki forms this thing. Uh, called the Duma. It's like it's like Congress, basically. Yes, and there's it's supposed to be uh, like elected officials. There's a few Dumas that he creates along the time, um, <laughs> but <laughs> up to this point, he'd been a total monarch, which means like it means exactly what it sounds like. It means yeah, like aristocracy. Like I am. It's what so, we talked about, Alexandra, with being like you are anointed by God. Yeah, and so like um, up to this point, he'd been a total monarch, and so he forms this Congress, this Duma. And be trying to show the people, like, look, I'm willing to work with you. Like, I'm going to let you elect some officials. But, like, it was it was a name only. Like, and in practice, they didn't really do anything. No, you they know? Did. it was just symbolic. But and Ale- it, this obviously ooh, pissed Alexandra she, off. It pissed her so off because she was like, Like no, I said, like, her, like yeah. she was sitting there saying, King of kings, you're You're king anointed. because God said so. Why are you sharing it with these fucking peasants? <laughs> Which... <laughs> Kind of makes me feel a little like, come on, Alex, we're trying to do a nice episode about you. Quit being a bitch. Right? And then all the citizens, Avi, get pissed off, uh, annoyed at her. Yeah. Because she's not taking, I mean, the Tsar's not taking the Duma seriously. Nobody's, like, really taking this as, and like, we're trying to change So the things. Russian people, yeah, they're worried about what's going on. Because, one, they've kept um, Alexei's disease very close to, you know, the vest. So everyone's like, why don't we ever see the Tsarevich? What's wrong with the Tsarevich? Also. Who, who's this crazy homeless guy running Yeah, like, like, also, what? who's this Rasputin dude anyway? And then... World War One starts. Russia enters World War One in 1914. And Nicholas... He's um, kind of a coward. He didn't tell his wife that they were entering World War One, which was 
their main foe was was Germany. So her brother and her husband were going to be fighting each other. So I read that what happened with uh, Nicholas is that he went down to their little special prayer house that they had mm-hmm. commissioned. And he went down there and he, quote unquote, heard the voice of God say... You need to step up and be a man and be the Tsar of Russia. And he didn't tell his wife. He should have communicated yeah. with his girl. And so she's all like, she like storms into his study one day when she hears about them entering World War One. Is basically like, what the fuck? Like, you didn't tell me about this. What the hell? And they're going to war with Germany. So obviously, yeah. obviously, the Russian people are like, oh, she's in with the Germans. Everyone decides <laughs> that she's a she's Russian a German spy. spy. She's a Russian, German, German spy. spy yeah. And so Nicholas appoints himself head of the army. Why? No one asked for that. He's ne- <laughs> He has no military training. His people don't particularly have love for him, but in his brain, he's thinking, well, if I do this, everyone's going to see how much I care. Interesting note, Rasputin did prophesize that if Russia joined the war, it would be the end of the monarchy forever. Spoiler alert. Oh, maybe Rasputin <laughs> knew something about... Alex is left in charge. He leaves Alex as, um, you know, run the country while I'm gone. I don't think Alex was prepared for this responsibility or the backlash it would cause. Well, obviously, you leave a woman in charge in this time. And she relied heavily on Rasputin while he was gone. And, like, bitch had no idea what she was doing, which is so sad because we've had so many queens that we've talked about that were wonderful regents. She sucked at being a regent. She sucked at it so (laughs) bad. Like, she would appoint somebody and then the next day be like, no, 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 never mind. I meant this guy. No, 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 never mind. I meant this guy. She had no idea what she was doing. And I, I read a lot was Rasputin, like, trying to push her to fire this guy and hire this guy Maybe. and fire this guy she was and hire not, this guy. She was not she was not raised in a way to think like for instance, we keep comparing her to Catherine of Aragon. And Catherine of Aragon had been regent while Henry VIII was out of the country. But she was a good regent. And she was good because <laughs> of the way she was raised. Yeah. Yes, she was not raised to be a ruler. She was raised to be the wife of a ruler. But she knew how state business was ran but alex was not raised that way you know that's what i'm saying with like it's catherine of aragon mixed with marie antoinette Antoinette. oh and this in this instance yeah absolutely anyway like (laughs) all of her royal family throughout europe was like writing her letters being like you gotta dump this Rasputin bitch and get him the hell we out of here. We don't know this Rasputin. We don't like him. Everybody's very suspicious. You need to let him go. And she was like, uh, new phone, who dis? <laughs> um, <laughs> one, one nice thing. <laughs> one nice thing that she did, which I feel like she was trying to emulate her mother, was she set up her and her daughters to be nurses for um, soldiers injured during World War One, oh, wow. And so, like, they would go and, like, care for the sick and everything, but to very mixed reviews because they weren't loved by the public. So a lot of soldiers... There were soldiers who were like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. This is so nice. But then there were soldiers that were like... Pissed off. They were like, you're 15. You're not a trained nurse. Get the fuck out of here. You know, like... We Why don't want- are you here? Exactly. I'm annoyed by you. Shut exactly. Up. So World War One. If you don't know anything about World War I, um, quick summary. Fucked up Russia. 
Okay, so the moral of the story is, like, Russia was completely broke. Russia was the first major power to really drop out of World War I before the end. Germany whooped their ass. So Germany did whoop their ass, which they were not expecting. They were expecting more troops from France to come help them, but France was dealing with their own. France was trying to protect the Western Front, and they thought Russia had the Eastern Front. And Russia thought they were going to get support for the Eastern Front. And it was a whole... So Russia had to drop out. And it was just... it Bad situation. It was and a bad situation. The people, the people of Russia... They're protesting. They're yeah. looting. They're starving. So of course they're looting. You know? They're, they're ready to tear everything up. And All like, the farmers had been called to arms. So there's nobody producing bread there's nobody you know making food and why didn't alex take their advice why didn't alex take their advice she should have dumped rasputin so that brings us to rasputin's assassination around the same time um that everything's going to shit oh we forgot to mention um so there was an army that was sent out to um, stop all the um, looting and shit. And then the army ended up joining the side of the looters. It was mutiny. Oh, yeah. Which is exactly what her family had been like, this is what's going to happen. They basically persuaded the royal guard, I guess you would say. To join say, our side. They're like, they're like, are you hungry? And they're like, yes, we are also quite hungry. And they're like, join us in loot. And then the royal guard was like, you know what? Yeah, let's just look. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Tight, 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 tight. And so anyway, so Rasputin's assassination. Nicholas's nephew decided to murder Rasputin. So, first of all, they gave him some cake that had poison in it. Let them eat cake. And it didn't affect him. At first, <laughs> at first he, like, denied the cake, and then he ate it, and he was like, whatever. I feel and, like he... And he, he was like... He was fine. Like, yeah, nobody like, When they realized, oh, shit, this isn't affecting him, they gave him some wine. He had three glasses of wine, which still, was also poisoned. Still, nothing. <laughs> so... Then they shot him in the chest. <laughs> and he survived? How the fuck did he like, survive? Like, they shot him in the chest, and they just assumed he was dead. So they, like, left to go, like, get a driver so that they could go bury him somewhere or whatever. And when they came back upstairs, he, like, shot up and attacked them. He's got Jesus juju written all over him, So he runs into the courtyard of their palace or whatever, and he's shot, like, a bunch more times, and so he finally drops dead. They- yeah, and I read the, like threw him in a river. So they wrapped him up in a blanket and threw him in a river. And when people found him, they suspect that he tried to, like, break free of the blanket. So his official cause of death uh, is drowning. So he wow. he survived two poisonings, maybe two shootings, and then drowned to death. Wow. Right? So, Nevertheless, um, he persisted. <laughs> <laughs> We need to make t-shirts! Rasputin assassination. <laughs> Nevertheless, he persisted. <laughs> so, Alexandra was, like, distraught Broken up. And she... So sad. She begged Nicholas to come home, and he did. He did, because he <laughs> loved her so much. And, um... We don't know much about how exactly Nicholas felt at the loss of Rasputin, but we do know that none of the assassins were punished. Well, I mean, they were, it was his nephew, yeah. you know? And, um, but Rasputin had made a prophecy that said, like, um, 
if I'm murdered by the aristocracy, the aristocracy will all die. Huh. And hmm, guess what happened? Let's move on. Yeah. People all over the country are just like looting for food and screaming, <laughs> down with the German woman, down with the war, down with the Tsar. And they're all shook for real. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> not good. The uh, Duma came to the Tsar and demanded he abdicate, like, soon after Rasputin's death. <sighs> and so on March 1917, the Tsar Nicholas abdicated the throne, both on his behalf and the behalf of his son, Alexei. Nicholas II. Dynasty of over 300 years. Gone like that. Oh, the Romanovs. Uh, so um, the family was immediately put under house arrest, uh. but like in their winter palace. And they were at first they were treated very well. Yeah, the revolutionaries <laughs> they they just legitimately wanted these people off their hands. So they wrote to um, the king of England, who was both Nikki and Alex's first cousin. They wrote to him and being like, um, so they were like, can you take the Tsarina? Alex and their children off our hands. They were going to keep Nicholas in their custody, but like, can you take the wife and children off our hands? And George V said no, because they were an unpopular figure. And he thought, he thought if I take them, that it will start like revolution here. And I, feel I wish, like, I wish uh, I could end this story with, with. They so all King, went to England. <laughs> why could why couldn't he take them? Why couldn't he take them and just hide <laughs> them in like a house in Scotland or okay, something that so, no one would ever know they were there? So what I'm going to say is the reason that he couldn't is because I feel like George V taking in the Tsar of Russia would have been like... The Tsar's family, not the Tsar though. Yeah, but, they wanted to- but still he's keeping the family alive. So it would be this power move of monarchy forever. What I'm trying to get at is I feel like he could have done it in secret. He could have like secretly taken in Alex and her kids and put him in some cottage in Scotland and no one would ever know. Get thee to a nunnery. But he said no. But I also don't think he knew. I think you're right. I think he did not foresee. He could have gotten over. He had no idea what was coming next. Nobody had any idea what was coming next. And the revolutionaries were seeing the state that Alex was in, and they knew it was unlikely that... Alexi. You mean Alexi. Oh, the little boy. So the little... they. I mean, yeah, they saw... He was so sick that he couldn't be moved from palace to palace because he had a hemophilia. Like, every time he, like, bumped his shoulder, you know, it was like... Yeah. For a while, it was just like, what do we do with him? What do we do with them? So they tried to send him to England. They Wouldn't tried take him. To, they tried to send him to France. Wouldn't take them. They were about to ask Alice's homeland after the war. But, like, after the war with Germany, it just seemed like, oh, well, let's not even ask the Germans to take them. That so, sounds like... Enter Siberia. Yeah, so they took him to Siberia. <laughs> let's, let's put you in the freezing cold. So the country was at civil war after about um, two or three months after the abdication. The country was at civil war. And there was the red team and the white team, basically. And the reds were the Bolsheviks. Ooh. And the whites were the Czechlovaks, I think is how you say it. And they were a little bit... They were like, hey, maybe let's not imprison the royal family. Let's find somewhere else to put them. And the Bolsheviks got power, which was a 
Very, very bad news for our friends, the Romanovs. So they were moved again, and this time it was not a palace, and they were not treated nicely. Their imprisoners referred to them as Nicholas the Blood Drinker and that German bitch. Wow. (sighs) That makes me sad. So once they arrive to their final prison. It was a real... Prison. All of their items were confiscated. Like their bags, their books, their like they weren't allowed to even like get the newspaper. Like uh, they this, this just starts getting me So pri- prior to emotional. them being moved, prior to them being moved cuz um mom and dad Ugh. and Olga were moved about 6 weeks before everybody else was moved because Alexi was too sick to move them. Alex told the daughters Look, in case we need to escape and we need money, sew all your jewels into your corset. So that they would be able to run out and have and money. And have. So they sewed all their jewels into the corset. They this- would be separated, obviously, for days on end, but she would still be able to get the money. And they yeah, were only... Exactly. They were actually only allowed yeah. an once hour the, each once day. Once the whole family made it over there, they had such strict rules. Like, they were only allowed an hour outside each day, like you just said. Baby and boy Alexi. Alexi was sick. Like, they moved him, and he almost died during them moving him to Siberia. He was so sick. Um, and Alexandra got sick, too, and had to be confined <clears throat> to a wheelchair. Okay, so remember that uh, leg injury mm-hmm. from childhood? That really came back to haunt her, and yeah, she, she was confined to a wheelchair. It's and so sad. I can feel that. She took to reading the Bible all day, every day. Like, even when everybody else went outside for their hour of outside activity, she would just stay inside and read the Bible. Pious. Ugh. Love it. Anyway, unknown to the Imperial family, there were forces, the Bolsheviks, uh, wanting to show... No, no, no the, the Whites, the, the Chokovich, whites. Yeah. or what, the Chekovich, whatever, <laughs> the Whites. So, I'm sorry, guys. This is a long episode, and we're, like, on drink four. The white team was, like, marching on their prison, and they wanted to save them. So, July 16th, 1918, the white forces are moving in on the Bolsheviks. When I was studying this, I literally cried. It is the saddest thing. I know. July 16th, 1918. Day passes normal. The family, like, went on their outing. They stayed up playing card games until 10 o'clock. They went to bed. In the middle of the night, their captors woke them up. Bolsheviks. Whatever. The Bolshevik bitches. The bitches woke them up at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning. And so Nikki's like, what is this? What is this? And they're like, oh, um, the whites are moving in. And they want proof that you're still alive, so we're going to take a family portrait. So they gather to take, like, oh, family picture, selfie. Four daughters, the gravely sick son, the two parents, and a couple of servants entered a room and, like, sat down for their portrait. And the leader of the men said, your relations have tried to save you and failed. You must, we must now shoot you. Oh, my God. I really wish wish they would escape. I wish I was so bad. I wish I could say that they escaped this. And um, you know what? If you want to read the details of the execution, you can. They're online. Do you agree that you don't, I don't want to go into the details. Besides, like, we'll give you a little bit of details, but I don't want to go into every single gruesome detail. It makes me too sad. Um, I'll, I'll try to give her a quick rundown, which is... Alexandra was shot in the head immediately and died... The other... Right away. 
and the kids were not killed immediately. Because they had all their jewels in their corset. They accidentally made them... I'm sorry. They accidentally made themselves these bulletproof vests. These poor little girls that had never done anything in their life. Essentially, they had a bulletproof vest on, and it didn't kill them. The shots didn't kill them. Alex and Alexi were all killed, like, immediately. But the four daughters... The four daughter. It it so the gunmen, half of the gunmen were drunk. It I took, remember this story. This is it so took horrible, guys. Thirty five minutes to kill everybody. They were not. There were bayonets shot. involved. Yeah, I was there were about bayonets to say, involved. There was it's They were not shot. Anyway, it was not instant. I don't want to talk about it anymore. The whole family. We're getting emotional. Talk about yourself. I am. I'm feeling very verklempt. <laughs> How Rhode Island is neither a road nor an island. Discuss. discuss. Um, but anyway, so the whole family <laughs> died. and uh, so sad. It's sadder than Marie Antoinette's ending, I think. Yeah, it is. It's like a family picture, but... Oh. So, let's talk about her legacy. In 1981... Alex and Nicholas were canonized and made martyrs. Saints Dira in the Russian Orthodoxy Church. In the 90s, their remains were found because the people that killed them weren't nice to their remains, so it took a long time to find them. And there was the rumor that Anastasia and the, the it's, girls it's were fake not news. there, but it's fake 100% news. 100% fake news. They found their bones next to, well, not next to, but close by the mother and father. So... so Something I find incredibly interesting. They, I feel like if they hadn't been in a royal family, they would have been a family of photographers. They love taking pictures of themselves out and about. It is so easy on the internet to find pictures of them on like their family outings. Yeah, I know it is. And you know what? They were a beautiful family. So you know what, Katie? Let's drink to this beautiful, beautiful family. Beautiful. Cheers, bitches. Cheers, bitches, <laughs> to Alexandra. We love you. So, thank you for listening. Yeah. If there's something you want to hear, I mean, like, reach out to us. Find us on Twitters, Queens, Twitters. Did Twitters. I say Twitters? There's more than one Twitter. <laughs> Pick your Twitter to find us on. Find us on Twitter, Queens underscore podcast. Um, you can email us at queenshistorypodcast at gmail.com. And hey, while, while you're there, leave a review. On iTunes, leave us a review. Yeah. Follow us on Facebook at Queens Podcast. Bye, everybody. Love oh, you guys. Love you. Hello, everyone. It's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.